so tonight or today we'll just kind of dive into some of those things. And to begin with, uh, let's begin with prayer. Uh, so Jesus, uh, Lord, we thank you for this group. God, as we uh, spoke about a little bit earlier in this week, um, the gravity of this uh, is not lost on us, Father, that we are starting a church. Uh, but Lord, we know that's that not us starting the church. Lord, this is your church. Uh, this is not Slim's church. This is not uh, this room's church. Lord, this is your church. And Lord, thank you that we get to be a part of what you are doing here in Waco. Uh, God, thank you uh, for uh, those that were, are here to, today, Lord, that Lord... You knew who was going to come, and you are planting seeds and uh, for what's going to blossom here in East Waco in the next uh, couple weeks and months and years, Lord, what you're going to do here. And so Jesus, uh, pray for this time now, Lord, this vital time of, of uh, sifting through uh, some of our core values. And so pray in Jesus' name, amen. Let me turn off this oven. That's making that fun for us. The oven? Yep. Oh. It took me a while to remember that. <laughs> like that happened yeah um, so today we are going to talk about being our first core value of being gospel centered and that is uh, become so in vogue <laughs> to say you are gospel centered I wanted to for us to kind of go I want to hear from y'all what do we think it means <laughs> um, ha- have you heard the phrase gospel-centered, uh, and then walked out going, I don't think we we're talking about the same thing. Has that ever happened to you? Kind of, or like, uh, a, maybe not saying gospel-centered, but a church or a pastor said, hey, we're all about the gospel, and the gospel is X, Y, and Z. And you're like, oh, I heard it was another ABC. Um, so rather than saying, what do you think it is, I'll give you some freedom, so you're like, oh, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, <laughs> how have you heard it misused? Have you heard the, someone say, the gospel is, um, the gospel is your prosperity? What, what are some ways you've heard it misused? The gospel is God's favor on you. It's your ticket to heaven. The gospel is your ticket to heaven. <laughs> okay. It can be that. Thing. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Um, the gospel is the proclamation of, of Jesus. It's not not that. <laughs> Part of it. Um, I don't know. I guess I I've, I've been to churches where they might say that, but then the instruction and the sermons and preaching isn't usually based on the Bible. church where I you say gospel centered but I walked away feeling very heavy you ever feel like that you kind of like walk away and you're like I feel very guilty 
I don't feel like that was very gospel-centered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of terrible about myself. Um, and so you're like, was it gospel-centered, or did they preach the gospel? And there's kind of a difference there. Like, is it about the gospel, or is the gospel included a, one of many other hundreds of other things that they do? Um, and so I think that's like kind of the difference or this distinctness of that is, uh, of being gospel-centered. Um, so what I want to do is kind of give you guys three different um, storylines from the Bible. Uh, who remembers the story of uh, Joseph and uh, him being sold into slavery? Can someone give me a quick summary of that? What, like, just facts, not saying preach your sermon. <laughs> and we'll judge you whether you're gospeling. <laughs> give me just facts. What happened in that story? His brothers are jealous. So Joseph gets sold into slavery because his brothers are jealous. His brothers are jealous. They shove him in a pit and they sell him to traitors and that's right. Yeah. So Joseph has these great dreams. If you have siblings, how many of y'all have siblings? Everyone? All of us? Most of us? Um, so you have his brother, he has a dream that I had this great vision that all of you bowed down before me. <laughs> and his brother's like, uh, we don't like that. <laughs> he's the youngest, he's the pipsqueak. Um, and so then they, they sell him off into slavery. Uh, he goes, rises into the, to the kingdom. Uh, and this this sermon could have been preached um, on how to have a uh, or how not to have a dysfunctional family, right? Like that could be on like family values um, of what it looks, what it means to be a good brother, uh, what it means to be a good sister. Not bad things to learn from the Bible, but is that the main thing that we're trying to learn from this? Um, another one, the famous one, David and Goliath. I've You've probably heard as many sermons on that um, and different views on that, but a what's what's a distortion of that text that you could have heard that you may have heard before? Someone used this before. Slaying your giants. Slaying your giants. With the five smooth stones of prayer. <laughs> Whatever you want them to be. Yeah, yeah. And prayer's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> My word is not bad. Um, and there's even a movie called, movie called what, what is the movie? Um, not Slain. Um, facing. facing the Giants, right? Um, so again, not bad things to extrapolate from the text. Um, uh, not, bad, not bad messages for us to, to fight up against, you know, all odds. But is that what this text is about? Um, or is the is the the text about is it about beating someone something that's in, in your way, or is it to take a step back? And here's what we want to say: we're gospel centered. We want to say, what does this scripture, not just go scripture to me, and go, what does that mean? How does that help me in this time? We say, what is the, what does the scripture say about Jesus, and then what does that mean to me? And before we answer that with the David and Goliath story, um, someone look up Luke twenty four twenty seven for me. Ooh. Doing all of that. Who would look that up for me? Gotcha. And then while you're looking that up, would someone look up Hebrews 1? Let me know you want it. Go for it. So, context... Wrote to Emmaus. <laughs> Thank you, <no>. um, <laughs> When Jesus reveals himself to these to these two. 
Uh, it says, and, be and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Say that last part again. I'll do the whole thing again. <laughs> and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. All right, so Jesus just does one of the, uh, the biggest, kind of biggest statements in all of scripture, I think, right there. And it's, it's kind of a uh, underhanded in, in there, but it says, Concern, beginning with Moses, so all of the, the, the five books of the Bible, uh, of the Old Testament, and all the prophets, um, so basically the Old, Old Testament, in beginning with Moses and all the prophets, the greatest Bible study ever known, <laughs> we're going to do all of the Old Testament tonight. Uh, <laughs> He interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, meaning the whole Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. Anywhere you're at in the Old Testament points to Jesus, which for me, this unlocked the Old Testament for me. When I first heard about that and learned about this, the Old Testament was boring. I didn't understand it. Like, you ever read the book of uh, Leviticus? You ever heard sermons preached on Leviticus? <laughs> like, Hmm, infectious skin diseases. <laughs> Tell me, Lord, what does that mean for me? Uh, uh, you read Exodus. Exodus has so much. There's even a really good book called uh, The Shadow of Christ and the Law of Moses. Uh, and it's going through the book of Exodus. And it talks about all of the Old Testament is like the trellis. Um, is the scaffolding for what Jesus is going to do. And so you get to see a picture of what Jesus is going to do in the Old Testament. And so as we look at the Old Testament, we have to ask, what is this saying about Jesus? So, going back to David and, and Goliath. How does David and, and Goliath tell us anything about Jesus when Jesus' name's not even mentioned in the text? Thoughts? You have a representative of the people who wins a victory yeah. on behalf of the people. Yeah, so if you go back to that story, you have you have the Israelites on, on one hill, and you have the Philistines on the other hill, and they send their representatives to fight. And in that fight, they say, whoever wins this, wins the war. We're not going to have, we're not going to kill all of our people for this war. We're going to send two people to do the, fa the, the battle. And I'm placing everything I got on, on this guy, this little pipsqueak David, <laughs> and I'm placing everything I got on this monster, Goliath. And whoever wins, wins the battle. And so they all they all place their bet, and so there's a representative of David represents his people. So when he wins, his people win, even though the people did nothing to deserve the victory. Now that sounds a lot like what Jesus did for us, right? That when Jesus went to the cross and, and died the, the death for us, lived the perfect life, died the death, and rose for us, he did everything for us that we couldn't do for ourselves, and we did we contributed nothing to it. And so that's how you kind of go the Old Testament. They're like, what does this say about Jesus? How did he win? How did David win for his people? What does this mean for Jesus to win for us in this sense? And it kind of always points us back to the cross. And so I think a way for us to say is you know, amongst the fluff, as use the term of gospel-centered, and there's so many ways to talk about it. It's like, what is it specifically telling us about Jesus' death and resurrection? And being gospel-centered means it's our focus. It's not just one of the things we talk about, but it's the main thing we talk about. Because Jesus said, the whole Old Testament's about me. And so it should be the main thing, not just one of the many things. 
Go ahead, Hebrews 1. Anyone grab that? Who's that? Yeah. What's the verse? Uh, Hebrews 1, 1 uh, through 3. Uh, long ago, in many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by his power. After making purification for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of God. So beautiful. I might as well do four, too. <coughs> Having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited, it is more excellent than theirs. Hebrews is a book we should do early on in our uh, sermon series, <laughs> whenever we kick this thing off. Hebrews basically says what we just talked about, that the Old Testament, like, that Christ is better than the Old Testament. <laughs> that everything the Old Testament was pointing towards, it, Christ is the better version of it. Uh, and so he's saying very first verse, long ago and many times in many ways God spoke to our fathers through prophets but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed the heir of all things through whom he created the world so Jesus is at creation now reminds us what he's doing in, at the very first verse of the Bible he's the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature and he upholds the universe by the word of his power it's just exalting Jesus as much as possible. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful verse. Um, I think these two verses just highlight what we want us to, to remind ourselves and at all times and I, I, like every single one of us, can get off of. We can we can stop being gospel centered. Uh, we can um, have a hobby horse. Uh, <laughs> we can uh, get angry or excited about something. Um, but this is a by saying this is our value, it's it's rooting us in this thing. We need to always come back to this, um, and this needs to be the thing that does excite us. So one of the things that we're going to talk about next week is being multi. One of our values is being multicultural, and 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 for us to have a, a, a church that looks more like our neighborhoods, but also looks more like heaven, and that is a a value. But gospel centered is saying we're not diversity centered. We're gospel centered. Meaning, and a pastor friend of mine, Doug Logan, said, one place that has more um, diversity than anywhere else in the world is hell. So we can't be diversity centered in that sense of saying, like, that's what we're all looking forward to is like, yay for diversity. Though that's a value of ours and a very clear one we'll make as much as, as possible. But if that's the value and just celebrate that, then we're missing the big picture. Of, of what it's all going towards, the, the radiance of God's glory. Uh, and so Doug talks about how when he gets to heaven, he's not going to be like, oh, yes, you're here, and you're here, yeah. He's like, man, I'm elbowing people left and right to get to the foot of Jesus. <laughs> like, oh, I love it. <laughs> so um, that, that, that is the thing that's going to ignite and excite us. Um, and so we will be preaching the gospel um, every Sunday and we want to be pointing to it in our in our Bible studies, in our small groups. Um, Romans 1, 1 tells us that the gospel we can turn there, you don't have to. Uh, Romans 1, not 1, 1, 1, 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. 
And that power, that word there is dunamis, which is basically where you get the word dynamite. <laughs> that the gospel is the dynamite. <laughs> is that explosive? And so if that's the truth, then that's what we, we get to walk around with. So it's not as if you guys are going into conversations with people and saying, I really hope I can persuade them. If I can give them the gospel, that 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 is what sets it off. It's not my persuasive arguments or my conjuring or begging uh, or pleading. Uh, it's the gospel itself that does the work, uh, which is a beautiful thing. Um, I'm going to pause right there now there for a second. Is, do you have questions? While you're pondering questions of life, um, I realize I want to have this up here. This is our value and what we've written out. And I want to walk through this a little bit. Um, but we believe the Bible is all about Jesus Christ. That's what we just talked about. That's all about Jesus. Now this next sentence that... God loves you just the way you are. That may sound like Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I love you just the way you are. Have any of y'all seen that Netflix documentary on Mr. Rogers? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, was it Netflix? It's all the movie. It's the movie. movie. The movie. Yeah. If you watch that, it's hard not to cry. <laughs> Watching that, just the way he, he, he was a pastor. Um, and he did this as a way to love kids. Uh, can I introduce some of our new people here? Someone who really loves kids. <laughs> can I introduce you? Sure. Yeah, will you introduce yourself? Darius? Sure. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Darius. Hi, Darius. I did this last time, so you're not the only one. Um, so there's a lot of people here that don't know each other. Um, so would you, if you have, didn't go last week, so if you're new today, would you say your name, what brought you to Waco, and uh, what, why you are interested in Mosaic? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you say your name, Darius. What brought you to Waco? You've already lived here, so what's keeping you in Waco? Sure. Um, so I grew up in Waco all my life. So I graduated from Waco ISD. Um, and I grew up actually going to Carver Park Church. And so he's in East Waco, so I'm super passionate about East Waco. And, but I, was, I had lunch with um, Slim, and I was just telling him, like, I wanted to do more for East Waco. I just didn't want to go to church and just be a thing we did on Sundays. I was always one to go out and super big about, uh, passionate about outreach. However, my church always fought against that. <laughs> and so, um, two years ago, um, I got like a volunteer position opportunity to go to serve at Antioch to be like outreach for young adults. And so, what we do is do um, outreach things at the parks and share the gospel, of course, and we also, I run like a, a mentoring program in East Waco that's actually at YMCA right now. Mm-hmm. So we mentor, we started mentoring, I started off with 12 boys in 2017 of November, and then 12, was it 20, 25, 30, 40, 50, <laughs> 50 boys, wow. 50 boys from Estella Massey Projects, so I love Estella Massey Projects, mm-hmm. just like when I was there. And then uh, my fiance here is Micah. She started a girls group when she when we, when we uh, got together. She started a girls group. So we do boys and girls. We call it boys becoming better boys. And we can we're free to share the gospel. We're free to teach them. We feed them every week. Um, and then we have partners throughout Waco. Um, yeah. So and I'm a police officer too. So I work at Waco High School, and she works at J. Chines. So we're connected to the community a lot. And so that's what keeps me here. Yeah. Um, great. Michael, do you want to add anything? 
Um, I'm not originally from Waco, so I'm from New Mexico, and so I came over here. Um, I'd never been to Waco, and I just felt God called me here to teach, and so um, I applied to Waco, um, and I had no idea what I was stepping into um, at all. And so there was a whole lot of positions open, and I was like, wow, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> and so I uh, had no idea. No red flags came up. So, um, I applied for Heinz, and I got a call, and they hired me on the spot over a phone interview. And I've never been to Waco, and I've never been to Heinz. Wow. And, um, and so I was like, that's great. This is so awesome. And so the first six months, though, I walked in, and I cried every day uh, because it is a very – rough situation for the kids, for the teachers, and to see that it's an educator's graveyard, um, and it really is, and it's my heart to see not only Hines and East Waco transform, but have people come and feel like they can be honored as educators in that kind of setting, in an inner city school, where they can feel valued and feel like they can make a difference with these kids. So that's also part of my heart, but for East Waco. Love the work y'all doing. It's kind of like I kept hearing uh, Darius' name, and these two just got engaged uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I was kind of like, I would love for you guys to step in and uh, join what we're doing for us to be able to serve what you guys are doing. So, and is this your mom? Do you want to speak? Yeah, this is my mom. She's from. She's coming. She's uh, here for just. I have a cold, I can't. She's just visiting for the week for spring break and hanging out with us and stuff. Glad you're here. And then, I think Jeremiah, you, uh, maybe the last one. Yeah, cool. Jeremiah Banks, I've lived in Waco now five years. I go to the seminary over at Baylor, I'm to be a pastor, and I've been doing that for uh, the last five years. I also work as a social worker in town and communities and schools, so I'm but heard about uh, everything going on over here with Slim, just through some connections over the seminary. Uh, just as I've gotten to know the community and got out, especially through the school system, it's just a part of town that I honestly don't know a lot about and feel disconnected from, from my own cultural background and the geographically where I've lived throughout the time that I've lived here. And I just very much believe the gospel is true for the whole world. That means Jesus is up to something in the whole world, and I want to not miss out on that. So I want to go to these places to learn and to see uh, from the people that are there, whether they know or not, what Jesus is doing. And so that's kind of what brings me here is with the picture of the mosaic. Like, I think that's kind of maybe some of the heart behind it. Um, so great. something that kind of resounds. That's awesome. Glad you're here. And when we finish, we want you guys to mingle and, and eat and all that to get to know people you haven't met before, but let me let me get, jump back in here um, for to hammer on what we're trying to hammer on here. But the I thought of Darius here because the the God loves you just the way you are. That that mindset of looking at a kid and just um, uh, when we did foster care training, the TBRI um, was this training of trust based relation relationship intervention of just saying I'm going to look at every single child, no matter how rough they may look at me, um, as if they're a you know, a one-week-old baby and hold them right here and just kind of love them just as they are because they've, everyone has been created with the Imago Dei, just been made, created beautiful. Obviously, we've been tearing at that beauty and, and we've been marring it in many ways, but to, to start with that, that God loves you just the way you are, is just radical. Knowing that we're saying we're having pre-existing love, 
So what that means here is um, pre-existing love means you belong before you believe. And we want that to be true here at this church, that you belong here before you even believe. So someone can come into our church and doesn't believe, and that's actually really good. I'm glad and we want them to belong and to feel like they belong. We're not going to say, you have to believe before you can ever come in here. Otherwise, we will never have a growth. <laughs> we'll never grow as a church, but nor will we actually be reaching people. And so we want people to know that they belong before they believe. And so that's kind of, I thought of Mr. Rogers in that way of saying, just like, he just would tell his kids. And after watching that movie, um, I started saying that to my kids, like, I love you just the way you are. And you can see them, like, light up. <laughs> Too dead. <laughs> You're like, like, why am I not saying this more? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, but there's another organization here in town uh, that makes me think that does this really well. Jesus said love. I don't know if you've heard of them, um, but they just love that uh, love these women who are in, uh, kind of dancers, um, and they go outside of the, the 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 dance club and they bring them baked pies and and love these women and say like we love you because you said love i'm going to love you and i'm going to love the men that walk into this and try to talk to them about maybe that these women have families and all all of what they are doing to support their family but they just begin with that that god loves you just the way you are just i love that but then we can't stop there i think that's where sometimes we can stop and i i want that part needs to be hit as hard as possible because I think most churches say you have to change before you belong. You have to be perfect before you come to these doors. <laughs> um, no, um, we're not a, um, a shrine for saints. We are a hospital for sinners. Um, and so this, this room right here has a lot of messed up people in it. And everyone here could probably <laughs> share some, some rough stories. <laughs> um, and that's who Jesus was known for being around, right? Jesus was like, they thought he was a, a drunkard. Like and a glutton, because he was hanging out with those people. He was hanging out with tax collectors, and you're like, why are you hanging out with these people? That's kind of what we want to be known for: is that we're with people that you wouldn't necessarily think would would we would hang out with, and that's a natural thing. Um, so I think the closer we get to Jesus, the more diverse our group's going to be. Right? I mean, that, that, that should, and then if our group is not getting that diverse, maybe we're straying away from what we want to do. Um, but this other part. He refuses to leave you where you are. Um, how is that good news? Because he's not leaving us in a state where we're broken and sinful. He's making us into something better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many of y'all, like, I want to hear that God loves you just the way you are. Like, like I want to hear him say that. But at the same time, I've heard that. I also don't want to stay where I'm at. Uh, I don't want to like be stuck in the mud. I want some. I want help out of the mud and uh, the muck. And so that's where we want to make sure we also have a, a balanced view of this: is that God loves you just the way you are, hundred percent. But He refuses to leave you where you are, and that's where we want to say there is going to be growth. There is going to be movement. And this is where it's interesting. So these two terms that we're talking about here, the theological terms here, are justification is the first part, and sanctification is the second part. Um, and we'll, we can get into the nitty-gritties of those two, but this, the second part of sanctification, that there is going to be some growth. Um, I like to do this, and it, it, it's also kind of embarrassing and sad. Um, think about where you were five years ago. We're in 2019, so in 2014. 
where were you living and who were you? And don't say out loud, but just start thinking about that. So 2014, it was a blur for me. <laughs> we had like three foster kids that year. <laughs> so, uh, but can you picture who, who you were, where, where you were there? Some of y'all were still in Waco, some of y'all were in New Jersey. Uh, some of y'all were in, where were you then? New York City. New York City. Um, so now here's the big question. Are you a better Christian today than you were then? I feel like you've gotten better. I don't, oh, sorry. I was going to say, trick question, there's no such thing as a good Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what were you going to say? I feel like I've become a better Christian, but I've become freer in who I am. Okay. That's good. So, we won't say, I, I don't feel like I've gotten better because of, I'm seeing... I feel like I've grown, and I feel like the more I've grown, I feel like there's more flaw, like the closer I get to like knowing who God is, I feel like there's, it shows me how many flaws I have, but yes. how much I need to rely on him more. Mike, are you ready to teach this class? This is the famous, um, not famous whiteboard, um, this is the famous cross chart that um, I've taught before. Now, this room has some people I've taught and some people I haven't, so if you're like, I've never seen this before. You're probably with the 70% that I've not seen this before. So don't feel like you're missing out. All right, so this is called, we call it the cross chart in the sense that um, this is you right here. Um, and this is, your, this is your, your view of the cross when you first uh, become a Christian. And at this moment in life, the cross is huge to you. It's like, if you can remember when you became a Christian... Whenever that was for you, that was in eighth grade for me, a little while ago. Um, at that moment, it was like I'm selling out everything. I took all of my, um, you know, all my secular CDs and I threw them in the trash. <laughs> Sorry, Metallica. <laughs> you know, I took all of that and I was like, I'm, I'm all in for Jesus. He, this, the, Jesus is huge to me. I can't believe He did that for me. I will do anything for Him, um, because my, my, and I'm going to make sure I say this. My awareness can't write well, of God's holiness was was growing and growing and growing. It was like, dang, he's that holy? Um, and then my awareness, I'll just abbreviate here, of God's, or of, of my sinfulness was growing as well. So, but what typically happens in the Christian life is that cross stays the same. So the, the, my view of, the, of what Jesus did for me stays the exact same as when I became a Christian as where I am today, 20 years later. And what happens though, this whole view of God's holiness keeps growing and growing and growing. What you just said, Micah, I'm starting to actually realize more about who God is as well as realizing my awareness of my own sinfulness is growing where I'm like, so like five years ago I might have said man, my, I'm pretty mean to my mom. I'm kind of like I should probably be nicer to her. Um, a couple years later, man, I'm really mean to my wife. 
now, I'm just a mean person. <laughs> I'm just like, everyone, shut up. <laughs> and so my awareness of my sin has grown where I just started to realize it more and more. Now, it's not my sin has grown, it's my awareness of it. Now, what happens, I have this gap here and this gap here of God's holiness and my sin. And what happens here is usually we downplay, blame shift, uh, uh, whatever it is to, to fill this gap. And we also, we also reduce his holiness to say, like, yeah, maybe God didn't really mean, like, Ten Commandments aren't, like, that important. Uh, <laughs> we, we bring it down to some suggestions, maybe. Um, and so we, we bring down his holiness versus what we want to be doing, and I'm not going to erase it because uh, I don't have a giant eraser. We want the cross to get bigger and bigger and bigger as we grow. And so that as we grow, our view of the cross becomes what we're saying today, being gospel-centered, it has to be everything. And that just and that that is what's going to revive us to then go fight the fight. It's going to revive us to then want to get up in the morning and to have those quiet times to read the Bible, to 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 pray. But so what this this is one this is one part of it, and this is one thing I want to encourage folks who are struggling. Like I'm not better. <laughs> That's okay. That's, that usually what that means is that you're growing. In your awareness of God's holiness and your own sinfulness, and you go, I feel like I'm getting worse. Actually, that's a that's a good thing. If you really did say, I feel like I'm getting better, and I'm like, I'm I don't really see much else to do. I'm ready for heaven. <laughs> I'd be worried because the awareness of your sinfulness hasn't actually grown. Um, that's actually you're, you're kind of you're, you're now you're now blame shifting and you're reducing God's holiness, and so your growth is actually a, a false growth. Um, but there still needs to be growth because this is true. We can't just be like, I just need Jesus even more when we want to say that. But there also, the fruit has to bear, uh, the tree has to bear fruit. Uh, so Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is a real thing. You know, the, there needs to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it, it's not saying that you look at that and I'm really not that self-controlled. <laughs> I'm really not that gentle. And there needs to be a... a a low-level murmur of it, at least, <laughs> of coming out in some types of relationships. You might say, like, well, I'm much more on this. The other things will come with it. It's kind of a, um, as one goes, the others go with it. Um, it's usually not like, I'm so good at joy, and other, everything else I'm terrible at. Usually, if you're, that maybe you're just, like, faking it. You're just really, like, happy. <laughs> That's the difference between happy and joy. Um, usually, those things go together, all of those groups. All right. Questions on that? Malcolm? Sure. Chime <laughs> <laughs> in as needed? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so the, so the, so the, so, I mean, I think the main thing, uh, well, I mean, one of the, one of the things here is, you know, as, as this, as the, you know, as the cross is getting, as the cross is getting bigger, we, we as a body are committed to this, are committed to this growth in, in, in one another. Um, and it's particularly the task of your of your pastors and elders to call you to call you to account in, on in these in these kinds of things. Um, there's a there's a role of both. Uh, I mean, in the uh, in the Old Testament, you have the role you have, you have the roles of prophet of prophet and priest. But the prophet is calling is calling the people to account, afflicting those who are comfortable. <laughs> the priest is the priest is comforting the afflicted. 
both of those both of those dynamics are going to be, are, are going to be are going to be present in our in our gathering and in our lives together because there are going to be there are going to, there are going to be areas of our life that we need to be called out on and we're going to be and we're going to be open and we're going to be open with one another asking about about those kinds of things as difficult as that is but it's going to happen but it's going to happen in a space where we know that this is happening that this is happening in love it's happening because what we want to see in each other is a growth in in Christ likeness, um, not just in, and that's and that's a that's a that's a that's a reality that extends to our thoughts. It extends to our emotions. It extends to the way that we use our bodies. All of the all of that all of that is under this is under this umbrella. Um, and so and so these realities of God of God loving you just the just the way you are, but refusing to leave you where you are. That's that's a it's a it's a comprehensive it's a comprehensive work that God is that God is doing. Um, and as his and as and as his church, we're called to essentially get on that get on that train. Um, and so he's he's equipped us he's a, he's equipped us all with gifts that are primarily meant for the edification of one of one another. Um, and so and and one of the ways that that's, that that's going to play out is us encouraging each other and and preaching the gospel to each other. Um, which means it means it 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 it. it it means it means encouraging one another to be to be to be more Christ-like, um, and He's given us an abundance of resources to be able to, to be able to do that. Um, he's given us first and foremost His Holy Spirit, um, and He's given us His Word. He's given us prayer, um, and, and 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 He's given us one another. Do you want to touch on union in this? Because <laughs> you, you, you you were telling me earlier somehow we got it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we can we can do that. We can do that here too. All of the all of the benefits of our salvation come from Christ. Like that sounds pat, but it's it's just true. <laughs> all of, the 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 reason that the reason that we can enjoy the reason that we can enjoy these blessings is because what God has done is through Christ through Christ's death and resurrection through our he he God God uses our faith to link us up to link us up with Jesus, and so it's because of that link or what is what's what's also called a vital a vital union. This is the the, the language that Jesus uses is that when he says I'm the vine and you're the I'm the vine and you're the branches, like that that means that and, and, and he continues to say apart from me you can do nothing, and that's not like apart from me you can do some stuff nothing. <laughs> And so, and so, what Jesus—I mean, oh, 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 what Jesus is pointing that is pointing to there is the absolute necessity of of this of this vital of this vital link between us and, between us and him. What that means is that this work that he's begun, he's going to finish, and it's gonna. But it's gonna take a while. I mean, one, one when we when we come to faith before before we come to faith, we are under uh, we're under both. We're under sin's power and sin's constantly present. When we come to faith, we're released from sin's power, but sin is still very much present. And we all, and we all know this, and we all know this to be true. Uh, Christian life is a is a uh, uh, my new favorite gospel song plays up the fact that our life is a war. Um, but it is like it's a, it's a war against it's a it, it, it's a war against sin. And then and and when we uh, but but. The, but the good news is that this is a war that's been won. This is we're dealing with an enemy's death, like death flails. 
and when the enemy gets de- and when and, and when, <coughs> when an enemy is desperate, things may appear. You know, it can it can it, it can appear that we're being overwhelmed, but really these are the desperate flailings of the enemy. And we need to be able to remind one another of that of that reality, uh, because the because the God that we serve is much is much stronger than all of our enemies. If we exhibited that first, and, I mean, in 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 most most powerfully with on the cross, um, and so that's so that's a so that's a reality that we that we that that we constantly remind one another of. It's it's in it's in Christ that we find that that, that we find who we who we truly are. Uh, Paul tells us that our life is hid our life is hid with Christ. Um, that that and 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 what the Christian life is a, is a, is a, is constantly coming to a better understanding of what that of what that means. It's going to mean it's going to mean different things as we as we go through our lives. It's going to apply differently to how we deal with pride, how we deal with envy, how we deal with lust, all those kinds of things. But all those things are ultimately dealt with by 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 moving our gaze to Christ. Um, and and we'll and we'll you know we'll play out we'll play out the specifics of that, but um, but that's the kind of that's the kind of big picture is that all of the benefits of our salvation come from this vital union with Christ. This this I'm the this I'm the vine, you're the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, some stuff, not like well you know all the things I need for my daily life. Like that's I got that. Jesus, you got the rest. No, it's all Jesus all day. All the time. How much? So, all, 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 all. I'm not sure I'm playing it. All, all. All right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank you, Robert. All right, this last part here that this good news is too good to keep to ourselves. Therefore, every member of the body is called to share the gospel where they are and where God takes them. Um, this is the part that we really want us to own as a, as a church. Um, I know I already said that this is not. A church yet, um, but the church is not walls. It's not a building. Um, we'll highlight that by meeting uh, temporarily here and temporarily at the um, uh, Bledsoe Miller. Um, at least not always there. But um, so the, the, this good news I mean, is too good to keep ourselves. So just kind of like if someone tells you, um, "Hey, it's ninety percent off." everything at H-E-B, which I'll be so happy. Um, you might go post that on Facebook uh, or on Twitter or Instagram. Um, if someone tells you, like, hey, Baylor uh, just won the national championship, you're going to you're gonna share that. You're going to want to tell people about it. Or A&M or Gross. Texas. <laughs> Gross. Um, you're going to want, like, we get so excited at sporting events, but not so excited <laughs> uh, as much uh, in the church. But this should be the opposite. It should be, this is that good of a news that we want to share. Um, and I, we don't want it to be the oppressive uh, um, salesman approach. Um, and we'll, we'll work through what that looks like in the next couple weeks. Um, but we want it to be, uh, what em- is emphasized here is that this is kind of the uh, priesthood of all believers. I mean, this is not just the work of the pastor um, or the super saints or the staff or whoever. This is a work for the church. Uh, so in, in the history of the church, um, there's a guy named Roland Allen who did a kind of history. Of, it's called, his book is called The Spontaneous Expansion of the Church. Uh, and he studied um, that in the book of Acts, it's when the people owned the mission and shared it in shops and on their walks. Um, that the, the church just exploded. 
And then same is true in missions. Uh, and he found that there was a correlation that the more training the missionary had, the less the church exploded. <laughs> because the more uh, elitist, and this is how it needs to be, versus the more, let's, let's get on boots on the ground and just talk with people, um, uh, you, you end up kind of stifling the mission, stifling the work. Uh, versus just saying, this is not just by my, me only doing this. can't be just what, what I do. This has to be what we do. Um, and it has to be how we, so that we are all called to be evangelists. We are all called to be missionaries, um, which I think it's more comfortable to say, no, that's for the people um, that are crazy enough to go to Tijuana uh, <laughs> next week. <laughs> Tomorrow. 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 <laughs> um, it's, it's comfortable to say that's just for people um, to go to Kenya. Uh, <laughs> um, but if it's every one of us, if the Great Commission is not just for the disciples, it's for everyone, then it's a big command. So we want to live by the Great uh, Commandment to love God love people and the Great Commission uh, to go and to uh, disciple-ize, uh, is the verb there, all nations, all ethnicities, uh, and then the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's what we want this to be. It's for all of us to, be, to take up. Um, and so this truly doesn't, this can't just be a name for our church mosaic of different cultures coming together, but also this, this needs to be everyone, a mosaic of service and gifts coming together to complete what God's going to do here. And that's what I think it makes these churches beautiful that do own that. Um, so here's the, here's the value here. Do we have questions on anything said here? And if we'll, we'll give some time for that, but as well as questions before moving to some time for some music, um, questions on anything, what, what we're doing, where we're going in the next couple of weeks? Like basic questions. Right, no Since I missed the first week, can we repeat the main values or whatever that you're yes. talking about? Yeah, so the, the three main values, we if I met with you privately, I'd probably give you like a, a pamphlet that had six. We tried to re- <laughs> try to make it so it was more memorable, <laughs> as well as some of those were more of what we believe, not necessarily, and it's still bad. But anyways, uh, we'll have those under beliefs. But anyway, so gospel-centered, multicultural, and spirit-led uh, are the three main values. And so next week, we'll hit multicultural. Um, and then we'll do spirit right after that. And then after that, we're going to do some different types of trainings, things, so ways to, to know this area, history of East Waco. Um, what does it look like to um, do justice, not charity? Uh, and talking to people who've done kind of uh, nonprofit work of loving people and not make it feel like you're like doing charity. No one wants to feel like the charity case. Like no one in this room wants to feel that. That's why none of you request for help when you actually need it. <laughs> but <laughs> we all need it. Um, so, any other questions? That's good. That's good. Um, I'll, set, I'll set up a Google calendar um, for the next couple weeks. Um, good transition for this. Um, I'm going to set up a Google calendar for the next couple weeks uh, for you to sign up on maybe um, food. Uh, things like that. So we had uh, last week a, uh, a guy named Mark from Harris Creek who's going to provide our main dish uh, once a once a month, uh, and the woman who helped uh, said she'd provide the other main dish that want another thing of the month. But 
maybe sign ups for, I'll give you guys, send you guys an out at the Google uh, calendar if you're able to say, hey, I'll take care of this if that's your gifting. If you're like, don't get me your food. Um, or if you're like, I can go to HEB. Um, but also, children's, we're, we're going to have our college students helping most of the time, but next Sunday they won't be able to help either. Um, so I'm going to pass out some teams. I think I named some of the teams to you um, last week, uh, different ways to serve. We changed the Mosaic Meat team, which was confusing. Um, not like meeting people, okay, to hospitality. <laughs> but, so... We just put four here. There's some other ones that we'll need, but we don't need them yet, um, just with us being the house church. But hospitality, children's, um, worship, um, and then, again, one that I don't really didn't know I needed, um, but finance, uh, but to have someone to help with some of that as we get towards that um, soon. But I'm going to pass this around. I have a comment. Comment? It's a question. Like, what is? Okay, so, like, playing devil's advocate, because I'm good in that role. Um, when you say Jesus loves you just the way you are to a non-believer, sometimes they hear Jesus loves you even though you're sinning and it's okay if you continue in your sin while claiming to believe. So, I don't think that's what we're saying. Please tell me that's not what we're saying. No, and that's why the, the second part. That's why the second part has so, to be there. But how do you, like... If you take a breath at that comma, <laughs> like, how do you make sure they don't hear that? Because, like, literally, we've had people hear, oh, you know, Jesus paid for all your sins. And the person thought, well, great, that means I can go send it up. And yeah. how do you make sure it's Jesus loves the sinner, mm-hmm. not the sinner? Right. Like, what I, what I do believe, um, and Romans 1 kind of harkens on, is that every man, woman, child has the law of God written on their heart, and that we suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Um, so if, even if someone is an acclaimed atheist, what they're doing is like taking a, a beach ball um, and pushing it underwater. It wants to come up. You can feel it trying to come up. And so you're suppressing the truth. Um, and so they may say there is no God, but they can see it in the heavens. They can see it um, in, in kind of innate goodness of uh, right and wrong, which, anyways, I do believe people know when they are wrong. There's probably some gradations, and people are like, well, it's kind of a gray area. They might feel justified in that realm. Um, but I do believe people know it. So I think beginning with God loves you just the way you are, I think everyone already walking around with so much guilt um, we need to start there I think that's and, and in that sense that's us taking we're, we're taking that cue I think from Paul in Romans where he deals with these questions already already assuming that someone's going to ask him well but if you think about grace like that then aren't we just going to continue in sense that grace no like he, he but he but he's but his 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 wonder at the majesty of God's grace is such that when he talks about it, like, it comes across as, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, doesn't that mean all this? And then he's like, no, of course it doesn't mean that. But that's a, but that's a rhythm that we as a church are going are gonna to be, are going to be it. Like, there's this recognition that God's love is a, like, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. That, that Christ died for us while we were, while we were yet sinners, like, that's, that's ridiculous. 
Um, but that's and it, and it's not even really a but. It's a part of this. It's a part of this reality. Love is such that uh, it's not just blind. Like love is not just blind acceptance. It's wanting. It's wanting what's best. It's wanting what's best for this other person too. Um, and that's where and that's where this refuses to leave you where you are comes in comes in too. And so um, so I I mean personally I I'm not as I'm not as afraid of. Um, of, of people presuming upon God's grace because it'll be clear from the way that it'll be clear from the way that we operate that we're very clear about 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 sin and what and and, and you know and how God um, and how God addresses it. But we're not going to do we're not going to do that in a way that in any way reduces the to God's immense love God's immense love for people. Um, the, the, the 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 dignity that the dignity that we all share and the worth that we all share just in, in as 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 created in the image of God, um, and it's and it's because that it's because that worth is so high that sin then becomes such a like sin is such a huge issue as a corruption. Um, it's it's when something that you when you when you see the possibility of something being so good when that when that goes wrong that's what makes the going wrong all the more painful. Um, and so when so when that's the reality that that we're kind of placing before people, and then contrasting that with look at look at Christ, look at what Christ has done. That's the that's the kind of move that we're going to be pushing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think when people open their hearts to Christ and become believers, they automatically start growing spiritually. They're not going to be able to give up everything they were doing. They're going to have to grow spiritually. Yeah. So it's kind of that. Yeah. You uh, have life. The the tree that has life and bears fruit. You do that through the word of God. You grow. Sure, sure. And the knowledge that yeah. teaches But there will be people that will try to presume upon well, the grace. Yeah. There's people that will try to put a period right there. You right. Take their comment. Yeah. But I think they'll get hit in the head sooner. Especially that happen. Well, because there's a lot of churches. There, churches that would put a period right there. Yeah, and I think I think this is a this is a again this is the justification, right. sanctification right. comment uh, uh, dichotomy that I think many churches can either uh, on the pendulum only focus on justification or only focus on your sanctification, only your growth. And I think we need to um, hammer on the gospel um, does justify you again just the way you are, but refuses to leave you. So it needs to have both. And so I think that's kind of what we want to say, like, this is this pendulum. And I mean, if you see in, in most things in life, we swing on this pendulum. And we go over here because uh, we, were, we were over there. We, we're trying to be over here now. Like, like I'm on the keto diet. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Never mind. I'm on all the sugar diet. Is that it, guys? <laughs> uh, we, we, we try to, we try, but we say, like, no, you need you need both. Maybe I'm the key to sugar thing. But. <laughs> this was so. This was what I, I this was what I should have said earlier when right. we asked the union question. Um, because what that what that is, the loves you just just the way you are and refuses to leave you where you are. Um, uh, one of my favorite theologians calls this the calls calls this the double the double the double gift the double grace of, ju- of justification and sanctification. This this idea that God loves you the way you are and refuses to leave you where you are, and these two things are distinct. But not separate. Meaning, they're just they're distinct, but they're but they can't be they can't be torn they can't be separated from each other because to do that is to 
this, 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 this guy says, to separate, to separate Christ in two. And so, and so, uh, and so there, there, are, there are going to be churches that tend toward the former and just talk about how, you know, how much, just, just, just focus on the former. And then there are going to be others that are just going to focus on, you're doing, you're doing wrong, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, but focusing on, on, on either of those ex exclusively tear, tears Christ in two. It tears the good news. It tears the, it, it tears the good news in pieces. Um, and, that's, and that's not, uh, that's not what, what we're in the business of doing. Um, well, why don't we go to a, a time, I want to have some time for prayer and for singing, so why don't we open up a time for prayer while we're doing that, if you want to grab your guitar, um, and we'll do some singing as well, but I want to pray through some of this, so um, not just pray, just like prayer in general, but maybe praying through um, how we as a church, how we as believers, are individually as well, but corporately as a church, can um uh, pray this for because this is something that we are gonna. All of our values are pushing against our natural tendencies. Okay, if you, we'll talk through it. But all of our values are pushing against our natural tendencies. Our tendency is not to be gospel centered. It's to be me centered. It's to take the word and be like, what's this say to me? Uh, <laughs> uh, or to, to take the word and be a list of do's, or just to take and be like, hey, this is a group of good group of heroes in here. Let's try to be like them. It's pushing us to to believe both justification and sanctification um, and to push us out. And so um, let's take time, maybe just pray for this top part here um, and then and after we sing, I might split up and